Hello, this is Father Bryce Evans, a priest of the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, with the Deep Down Things podcast, offering a brief reflection on the conversation with Christopher Graney on the science and the myth of Galileo. One thing brought to the fore by the Galileo affair, I think, is the decisive role played by the imagination in the life of the mind. John Henry Newman famously developed his theory of the imagination as an aspect of his religious epistemology, and taught that underlying and undergirding our explicit and, so to speak, conscious levels of thought, there is an implicit level of thought that shapes and to some extent governs the paths of our more explicit rational thinking. The conscience lives on this level, subtly shaping our moral assessments with a sort of instinctive feel for the difference between good and evil. But a decisive role is also played on this implicit level by the imagination, by which Newman intends not only our faculty for formulating phantasms from sense input, but more profoundly, our capacity to be deeply impacted and shaped by our real apprehensions of the concrete world around us, and, what is more, our capacity to develop from these imaginative apprehensions a sense for the whole of things, the whole of reality, of the cosmos into which all things fit, something akin to what German thinkers might call a worldview which shapes our thinking by weighting our estimations of what is more probable and what is less, what is more reasonable and what is less reasonable. We can think here of the way in which myth and narrative can decisively impact the way in which we perceive and judge the reality around us. As we know so well today, differing narratives, one important product of the imagination's capacity to develop a sense for the whole of things, can produce vastly different and even directly contrary assessments of a given situation. Contra rationalism, the mind is no mere mathematical computer. Its rational work is profoundly influenced by the subterranean ground of the imagination. Appreciating this role of the imagination in the development of thought helps to explain what was so revolutionary and frightening about the proposal of Copernicus and his fellow astronomers regarding the revolution of the earth. Heliocentrism was no mere innocuous theory on the level of intellectual abstractions. It was an attack on the popular imagination of society, and the proposal of a radically different imaginative vision for the whole of things, that carried with it untold consequences for the life of the mind. The religious mind, yes, but also the philosophical mind, the political mind, and the personal existential mind. It is no wonder, then, that this proposal and hypothesis became a political hotspot in the early modern world and the occasion for all sorts of bad behavior, especially when it concerned the feisty personality of Galileo. The conflict was not merely a matter of irrational biblicists retrenching themselves against a perceived attack on their closed-minded fideism. The cosmos was changing under people's feet, and this was bound to produce pushback. In one sense, religion was merely the occasion, the material medium, of what was more fundamentally a cultural moment, though, of course, religion and culture are always intertwined. The imagination does not simply change overnight. It resists revolution. So, appeal to the imagination can help us appreciate why Galileo met resistance. But it can also help to explain why Galileo and his allies were ultimately successful in persuading the men of their times in favor 
of the new model of the universe. The issue with the old Ptolemaean universe was not that it failed to account for the observable phenomena of the heavens, but rather that it did so in a way that relied on a plurality of divergent principles, and this was bound to create a dissonance that would eventually irritate the aesthetic imagination. There was something inelegant about the epicycles of the planets and their exception to the ordinary rule of motion. There was a lack of perfect simplicity, harmony, and coherence in which the mind's imagination could rest. The advantage of the Copernican and Galilean model, then, was not first and foremost scientific, strictly speaking. As we know, and as grainy details, their accounts were riddled with lacunae, and what we can now call scientific mistakes that opened the door for quite sound scientific objections. And indeed, it took centuries for their theory to be proven by direct observation. Rather, the advantage of this new model lay in its increased simplicity and elegance over and against its Ptolemaic counterpart, its capacity to reduce the motions of the heavens to a single adequate principle rather than having to rely on an unexplained plurality. This was ultimately more satisfying to the mind's imagination. Interestingly, then, it may be aesthetics more than science, strictly speaking, that carried the day for Galileo. The role of the imagination is once again decisive here. It's fascinating, then, that nowadays Galileo himself has become part of the popular imagination, part of a controlling narrative, a myth, we might call it, that explains the way of things and gives modern people a sense for the whole in which they belong. Namely, the narrative of the supposed battle between science and faith, and of the supposed victory of the former over the latter. One need not look far to see the power of this narrative on display in contemporary culture. We see it operative every time the appeal to science, and the following thereof, is assumed to put an end to all debate. To be a modern person is to be a person of science, it is assumed, and this in turn is to leave the past age, the age of faith, behind. One must simply choose, and it is clear which choice leads to victory. The church has lost, and Galileo has won. So the narrative goes. This particular narrative, imagination, holds such sway today that it can seem an impregnable defense against the cause of religion in our society, and indeed its power is evident in the rapid decrease in religious belief and practice over the past few decades, much of which is indeed attributable to the widespread impression that faith is unscientific and hence irrational. But however strong the bulwark of this narrative may appear, in truth it is no stronger than Ptolemy's was in the early modern period. It too has its epicycles, its little cracks and inconsistencies and dissonances that stand open to be exploited. Graney's explosion of the Galileo myth is but one small example of the kind of exploitation of the cracks that can help us to deconstruct this nefarious aspect of the modern narrative. By exposing the inadequacy of the faith versus science framework to account for the details of the actual affair, he chips away at the foundations of the scientific narrative and raises questions about its overall validity for explaining modern history. This is a good example for us as Christians. We are in possession of the greatest of all possible narratives, the most expansive of all and coherent of all possible imaginations, and as C.S. Lewis says, the only true myth. After all, Jesus is the Logos in whom all things are made, 
and through whom all things come together, who enables us to see reality truly according to the whole. In this way, we are well equipped to go to battle against all the false narratives and myopic imaginations that might inveigh against the true faith. It does, of course, require a great intellectual effort to expose the fault lines of our opponents in contrast to the higher coherence and harmony of the Catholic vision. But this has been one of the great works of the Church in the ages past, and it is to be hoped that many efforts, like Graney's, can, at least in some small way, be a part of that ongoing work in our own day and in the future. This has been Father Bryce Evans with the Deep Down Things podcast, a partnership between Logos Journal, Catholic Answers, and Friends of St. Thomas Catholic Studies. I look forward to being with you again for future reflections, available on our website, patreon.com slash deepdownthings. God bless you.